2: Hey there, Knicks fans. How you doing? It's your boy, John of the Macri with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast coming at you. What day is today? Thursday. Oh, it's a th- Cinco de Mayo. John. Happy Cinco de Mayo. Happy Dr. Strange Day. Happy Cinco yes. de Mayo. Um, so funny story. Mm. We-, <laughs> we had an esteemed guest. I was lined up for the show and uh, due to technical issues completely out of his control, uh, we were unable to record with that guest. So I went to my trusty producer, Andrew Claudio. Hello, Andrew. Hi, John. And I said, hey, you want to talk about the Knicks for a little bit? Sure. Why he not? Said, <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know what's funny? Why? What? We, so we talk every day yeah literally every day we we talk every day Mm -hmm. for an hour every actually it's like an hour and a half every week we record a podcast together just me and you about the nba in which we intentionally do not talk about the knicks Mm -hmm. because it is our patreon podcast and we talk about the nba and we like we're on the playback you know and we talk with obviously we touch on the knicks on there but it's it's usually not just like two of us and I don't know. We bounce right. So for two people that run a Knicks podcast, we actually really don't talk about the Knicks together a lot. Nope. And I nope. intentionally do that
3: though. Cause why it's not even that I don't have Knicks thoughts. I just recognize that like literally nobody obsesses over the Knicks more than you do. And the level of intelligence, I feel that you and Jeremy oh, that's nonsense. You talk about it. That I'm is utter, utter nonsense. In, I'm not saying nonsense. I don't, not saying I don't intelligently talk about them. I'm just saying, I know, I know where my skills are best used and it's getting you guys to, you know, not inter be interrupted in the conversation. I have Nick's thoughts. If you'd like you, me to share them, you literally yeah. just know your role yourself. Yes. And I'd know my role and shut my mouth.
2: And that's Can the Lakers hire you to go <laughs> talk to Russell Westbrook. Oh my gosh. I- what would your fee be?
3: My my fee would be 150th of his salary there. That, that's I feel like that's a fair compensation.
2: What if they were like, you could sit next to Jack for a whole game and Jack, ask? And this might get dark. Is Jack still going to games? Oh, that's uh, a good.
3: Yeah. I think he's no longer sitting courtside at games, unfortunately. Who
2: has he been replaced by, Leo or Denzel goes to games too, right?
3: Uh, Denzel goes to games. Um, there were some David Beckham sightings last year. Um, uh, gotta be okay. honest, not watching Lakers I'm, for their courtside games much lately. You know,
2: I, I, the, the young lady at the Heat games the last two nights or the two games with the red boots, she has stood up. Shout out to anyone else who went on Twitter to seek out who that person was. Mm. And, it, and maybe it was just me and my wife because we saw the outfit and we are like, we have to find out, but we could not find out who this person is. Person out there, if you're listening to the Nick Folk School podcast, come reach out to us. We'll get you on the show and you can talk about your red boots. Yes, person at Miami
3: Heat game. <laughs> Thank you. Listen. Thank you for listening to this podcast for some reason. Right. Don't um, forget to subscribe rate and review. Oh, yes, please. A good review, by the way. <laughs> um, to to your point, though, um, I I have. I'd love to To banter about the Knicks for a little bit uh, before I go see Doctor Strange. I know you're seeing Doctor Strange this afternoon, Um, so let's do it.
2: Um, So you, well, I should I should open up. Do you have? Because you said you have many Knicks thoughts. Are there any big Knicks thoughts that you want to get off your chest before I ask you about the thing that Mm. you brought up to me before?
3: Um, it's funny. So much of the regular season became like. Anti-Tibs versus pro, at least in our world, it felt like anti-Tibs versus um, pro-Tibs, anti-Randall versus, I don't even know if there was a pro-Randall side of things, just more of a... Don't don't, blame Randall so much. Right, like don't be so hard on him things, how much, like basically a blame game of who gets what of the pie chart, you know, and... I feel like we're now in the off season, and looking back, the positives are starting to shine more. Like the vitriol we all had for Tibbs, and then when you look at what they were after the All Star break, it was like a competent five hundred basketball team that had the best defense without Kemba. And then you look at like what quickly could have been if he got more playing time, and what Obi could have been if he got more playing time, and what RJ was no. once Randall. You know, kind of took a step back, or where you guess, I guess, when he took more of a lead role as a ball handler. Um, and I, the thing I keep going back to is that we all have kind of put in our mind that the front office sees what we see, and that Julius is like, Julius being traded is going to be priority for number one for them as much as it is for us. And I'm getting closer to like, man. So what if they're actually more thinking like we have to put better pieces around Julius? Cause that's the one thing I don't think anybody can spin as a positive as much as Leon Rose tried to say, yeah. he's another guy that averaged 2010 and five. Um, so I guess my, my first overall off season thought is like, as much as we're cap or no capping what they can do once they trade Julius. Are we doing that in, is it futile to do that? Because, you know there he's gonna be here next year and so is Obi, and it's not gonna make sense i
2: am increasingly of the belief well let me ask what's when you have like a when there's a situation in like real life mm-hmm. when people get into it and it's not going well what do you, what's usually the 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 if someone is to like if you give advice to the person's like man been dealing with this person way too much. This and that. What's the advice you give them? You, the advice is usually like, "Why don't you just give it some time?" Yeah, right. Give it mm-hmm. some time. I've I wonder, and it would sh- actually shock me if this was not the sentiment in, inside MSG. It's like, let's give this some time. Let's give it time to breathe. Let's all go our separate ways. Let's go. Where was you? I saw a picture of him. Somebody posted he, he was in like kendra Lake Como. Went he and kendra went to Italy. Yeah. yeah. Well, not just Italy. Like I think they went to Lake Como.
3: But regardless, they went on vaca- a very well-deserved, or I guess for their case, well-needed off-season Needed. vacation. Yeah.
2: You know, yeah, they got out um, of New York. They got out of the Lions then. Mm-hmm. Stopped in Dallas first, which is the other part of it that I think is making me think this, which is like, again, is it possible? Like Julius Randle just happened to show up at the game that World Wide West and Allen Houston were at. Like, yeah, sure, I guess. But like, I don't know. That struck me as like... They're, they're, this is not an organization that has that has it has like come to a tack agreement with Julius Randle be like, we're gonna move you, we're gonna try to work with you on like where to go and this and the other thing. I think this is like let's let's give it a breather and let's come back with like a renewed spirit and energy and the whole thing. Um, that said, maybe they find the deal they like. But
3: you, I guess it's where where I look at the difference between how we're processing it and what the offseason goals are for the front office are is like, are they looking at it as like the number one urgent thing is to open up a spot for Obi Doppin, which is I think no, absolutely the not. sentiment of the fan base that every better version of this team next year has Julius Randle off of it, which I don't know. I'm I'm like I'm, we're the, the people calling for tibs's head are gonna still be there but if julius is still there after Tibbs is fired after like is julius going to outlast all of these people you oh know God. which is what Jesus i'm christ i, I don't know why would maybe you put that into the ether it's the doomsday multiverse scenario shout out dr strange you know he, so he, he he outlives leon Tibbs. yeah obi yeah why not God. They have to fire Tibbs, and then Leon, feeling the heat, trades all the young guys for not superstar X. And then, little lo and behold, twenty twenty five rolls around. They're a five hundred team with Julius Randle, and on their next team president.
2: It's just it's interesting because, like, you we we've talked about the front office and how they view things before, but like, and in, in particular, the notion of like like something Bernard brought up in our, in our text chain of like, they, and I've, I've referenced this, like they want to win every deal. Like they want to make, like they want to be at an asset advantage. Mm-hmm. I still think that they are looking at this. Like, look, we have a distressed asset in Julius Randall. We have an improving asset in Obi top. we're not going to deal either one or both or whatever, unless we get commensurate value. And if we don't think we could get commensurate value for what we feel Julius Randall is actually worth, then we're not going to trade him. But at the same time, how in God's name would they be able to go into next season with the, like, I don't know if they're opening up. The schedule hasn't been released. So at some point they will play a home game. (laughs) And if, (laughs) and if in that home game, Obi Toppin plays 11 minutes Mm -hmm. and Julius Randle plays 37 minutes from game one, game one, the well will have been poisoned. Because fans will be like, we're not this shit again. This is not yeah. happening. So you would think that there would be discussions at the very least in the front office like, hey, this is a situation. This is going to become a situation if we don't get ahead of it somehow, some way.
3: Right. Mm-hmm. And that's I- where, so I was, did you watch Phoenix last night, right? Yes. How much or how much of the Phoenix Dallas game did you watch? Oh, I watched the entire first
2: half and then my eyes were open for. <laughs> periods of time throughout the second half so i'm i'm looking at their rotation now
3: and like cam johnson 18 minutes why couldn't that be like why like that's all we were asking for for obi is to play like not 11 well how about know? this
2: chris paul i believe played 29 minutes in game one i, I could look it up but 30. Sure last it's, night it's either 29 or 26 but he, he definitely sat for at least for upwards of 20 minutes Mm-hmm. in game one. Now, game one, they had a kind of a handle on and, like, whatever, but, like... Yeah, 29 Chris, minutes, Chris Paul. There you go. And Chris Chris Paul is 37 years old. um, So, you know, but no, it's a, it's a difference in organizational philosophy. But, like, again, is that... Where is that on the priority list? Like, hey, we got to make sure Tibbs is okay with adjusting a little bit. We got to make sure that we work in the OB-Julius combo for five... Like, again... We had, the same, we had the same fucking conversation yep. before last season. It's five minutes. It's five minutes a game. You know, yeah. thir, thir, Julius sits for 13. Obi plays together with him for five. Boom. There's your 18 minutes. You know, should should Obi be getting more? Yes. I'd love him if he was getting 38 minutes a game, but that's not, that's probably not going to be a reality whether Julius is on the team or not. In any case, my my daughter is voicing her displeasure at the notion of Julius being on this team next year. Yes. See his, his presence, uh, infects
3: its way all the way down to the youth. I think the man, um, I think, uh, listen, just watching the playoffs and seeing how these teams run their rotations. And even if like, there is no world where Tibbs is going to play OB with Randall, like you don't then have to ride Randall like a superstar the way you did uh, his first year where it was warranted, and he was playing full first and full second quarter, full third quarters. And OB is seeing the first four or five minutes of the the second and fourth, and then like go away and sit down the rest of the game. Um I like I, what we saw the last like four or five games when Randall was shut down, what we saw in the Miami game, what we saw in Washington, what we saw against Toronto, even if it was in like half-hearted defenses, like 35 and 41 points. Like those are real numbers. This isn't well, like us opining for Frank to get to twenty. Those were legitimate offensive performances. With, that with,
2: with all, with all due up? respect, what's up? I think you're missing the forest for the trees. What? What is it? It's not about what Obi and Quickly did. It's about what the what the outline of the team mm-hmm. looked like in the games that Julius didn't play. And I remember there were some stinkers. There was this, this, this two games that he he missed. Uh, what was it? New Year's Eve or whatever. Yeah, right around the New two year. games right before. Right before the RJ buzzer beater. Yeah. Um, But, you know, I'm not saying anything revelatory here. How they played and how they looked and just kind of how they went about it. Again, it wasn't always good. They didn't always score a lot of points. Um, But, you know, it's not like their offensive rating was great with Julius off the court this year. It wasn't. Uh, But they looked like a version of a team that you could be like, okay, with some improvement. You know, with the right addition or two, like that looked a hell of a lot more like the style on offense at least. Put put aside Julius's issues on on defense for a moment. Um, it looked like a version of the team that we're watching in the playoffs, just in terms of how they play, just in terms and, and and on defense too, because that team was so active. And like, what do you see every night you turn on any of these games? Like the more active teams, the teams that move the be, you know, the best on defense. Like those are usually the teams. That are doing well now. The other part of this conversation, and if you're to go back to your original kind of premise of like, what is the front office thinking this summer? Like, I I would imagine they're watching the game last night and thinking what we're all thinking when we're watching Luca Doncic, which is like, I need one of those guys. Yeah, who could do that? Yeah, um, or watching Chris Paul and be like, I need a guy who could do that. You know, and like pick any series, any series that is going on, still going on at this point. Has a player or two players who you look at. And like, that's all, that's, that's all. I think that's all that they were thinking about the daily Leon Rose was hired. I think that's all that they're thinking about now. Kirk, kind of, if, if I'm wrong, did, sorry to interrupt you, but like, yeah, did you just include Luke
3: Doncic and Chris Paul in the same category, John? Might, <laughs> might that mean that Chris Paul is
2: in the same category right. of superstars? Do in- you want me to address this now briefly? We can. Yes, Chris Paul was. Was certainly a superstar. And Was certainly a superstar. And, I well look. How about this? Once a superstar, always a superstar. There you go. You
3: happy? Yes. Proud of you, Chris Paul, superstar. Devin Booker not terrible either. Matched him in points last night. I might have exceeded him in points last night actually. I'm still not tagging. I'm still not tagging book. Look, to I don't want to have the full conversation again. I think. Your parameters of like, were, could you ever be considered number one in the league? The only difference I have is like, could you be considered top five? And that's where my criteria is a little much of a stretch because there's like no one was ever considered number one. But Michael Jordan during his. Time. Yes. No one was uh, ever considered number one during Shaq. You know, so I have to give some leeway to like, were you ever in that top five or that Mount Rushmore of the league at a time? And Devin Booker is going to finish top five in MVP this year, or I don't going to finish top five in MVP this year. So that's where I put them in that category in a league rich with potentially superstar talent. We don't have to. We, 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 can, we can save the cup. There will be more on this or a Patriot in the future. Yeah. In, in um, the future. Exactly. But To your point, the Knicks do not have a guy. I don't think that can ever become a superstar on their roster. No disrespect. Why on do him. you hate? Why do you hate RJ? Why do I hate RJ? This why time? do you hate RJ? Hey, crow is in the oven. Don't worry. Do you, um, do you need you, me to send you the crow? Well, so the bigger thing that I was afraid of I guess one that alarmed me from Jeremy's cap or no cap this weekend was like, there's no path to getting one. There really which I, isn't. Which
2: I disagree with. Really? So, yeah. Well, I so, told—I said it on the pod. I said, I think he's. Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. One, I, I don't like he basically boiled it down to because this is what has happened thus far. This is all that is going to happen. And my pushback was like, someone is going to pull a hard in and basically force his way off through even if it gets unpleasant and that and we're, and at some point someone will do it before the age of 30 or before they have a year left on their contract so that's the first thing and then the other part of it and i think this is where you were bringing up the Jalen Brunson discussion before we started recording, and mm-hmm. I guess a lot of people are talking about this right now. People are saying, Andrew. Yes, they. Yes, they are saying mm-hmm. that. Uh, you know, is is Jalen Brunson work this contract? It should the Knicks go out and get him right now? Is he, you know, he hasn't obviously looked very good in the first two games against Phoenix, who's a really bad matchup for him. Like you, it, it happens in stages, building these sorts of teams, you know. Where where you're going to get a star or two stars. And it's just it's important to just continue to move forward. And like right now, if you look at it, the Knicks don't appear to have an obvious path to getting a superstar. But that doesn't mean that one won't materialize or one won't develop within the next year and change. It's just about what they do in the position that they put themselves in. Over that time, you don't you don't think it's somewhat generational,
3: the the version of superstar that skipped teams like the Katie, Kyrie, LeBron, James Harden and like that generation didn't kind of come and go. And this generation we see now isn't more inclined to kind of like be happy where you are because I, I can't tell if like we just kind of all missed the missed the boat like you mentioned Harden who's in his 30s and i wonder if he was the last kind of superstar if you want to call him a superstar or not he to, was if you want to say like he's the last version of someone to force his hand that way
2: you know i think like, your i think your opinion maybe slightly skewed by the fact that once jokic wins the mvp this year Mm -hmm. You're going to have four straight MVP award winners: two Jokic, two Giannis, who are very much in the vein of what you are saying, which is like these are guys who I don't know how else I don't know how to put it. So I'm going to use this phrase: they're just built different. Like a a superstar like Jokic is just very rare. A guy who Mm -hmm. wants to go home after a game and fucking sit on his couch with his brothers and have a beer, Mm -hmm. and like Giannis just he could take over the world, and he just seems to be more interested in. I don't like being just like, I don't know. How do you describe you? He he just seems like a very unique personality. So Myriad faders book
3: gave you an insight into the yeah. personality of Giannis where just grateful to be here is almost an understatement to why he's like satisfied with M- Milwaukee and it doesn't need a bigger market or like the,
2: a coast in order to, you let know, me, fulfill this- his desires, you know? When's the last time you've heard Gian- Giannis Antetokounmpo talk about his brand, Andrew? Like never. I that's the thing. He's <laughs> you think like, he thinks about his, his, at night thinking about his brand.
3: His brand is that his brothers are like in the loop of his circle. His own brother, one of his brothers is literally on the same team as him. So like that's the that's the Giannis brand his family and it's why he's been so appreciative and that he's probably never going to leave milwaukee even if they they didn't win last year um
2: and and i think and i think that there are i mean we don't have to go through everybody in the league but i think that there will always be players of that ilk or personalities of that ilk i should say um just like there have always been personalities of that ilk in you know over i mean i i don't want to go back too far because player movement wasn't a thing you know, before 20, 25 years ago, but over the last 25 years, like there have been other people like that. And I think like, if you told me that John Morant, was going to wind up spending his whole career in Memphis, I would not surprise me in the least. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that list is still on the shorter side. Like Luca, I personally don't expect Luca to spend his entire career in Dallas, you know? Okay. Actually, I actually think there is a blueprint. Like, Dirk spent his whole career in Dallas. Okay, okay. You know? listen, maybe he does. But they, they're they going to have to put... Like, they will have to be a perennial contender. Like, if he doesn't win a, something by a certain point in time, like, this is a person who has a chance to be one of the 10 greatest players who ever lived, and that might be selling him short. Uh, I, I think he's going to... Can you tell him hi, Luka? Let's get him in the top 70 before you say top
3: 10, please.
2: Dude. Make the third round. My over my over under for him right now is like nine and a half, nine and a half or ten ever, and a half, whatever. Ever. Yeah. So that. Oh yeah. Okay. I think we're gonna look back, and I think it's we're gonna look at it. And we're gonna be like, okay, there was Jordan, there was LeBron, and
3: I, I I'm I respect the projection. I'd like to see him exceed. Like, Let me throw it. I should throw first.
2: I should throw. You know what? I think it's going It's like Jordan, Duncan. Hmm. LeBron then LeBron Kobe Giannis and then Luca in terms of I think Kobe is a notch down okay I I think Shaq is like a a notch down all of these people are I think are are in like Kobe and Shaq are both of my top 10 right
3: yes I will yes I will let the listeners and YouTube comments do with that what they will
1: you won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash That's harrys.com slash blue for a $3 trial set. What's
3: up, Knicks fans? Have you heard about Picks? It's daily fantasy made easy. I love it, and I know you will too. PrizePix is the best NBA DFS prop game on the market, offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator, and offers all the superstar players as well as the bench players only recording a handful of minutes each game. All users that deposit and use promo code film school will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. I made an account and I can't believe how easy it is to make my picks. You choose two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. It's just you versus the projected numbers. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. PrizePix is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate. Go to prizepix.com and use promo code School, or go to the App Store and download the app today. PrizePix. It's daily fantasy made easy. What I will say is the comforting thought I have. And look, if you want to use John's standard, you can. If you want to use my standard, mine and Jeremy's standard, you can. You do not need one of these guys necessarily to win a championship because there is a world where the Suns play the heat in the finals. And neither of those teams will have had a superstar according to either of our standards, according to your standards, at least. Well, no, like an unequivocal top seven, top eight. Right. So like, it's why if you're like, well, then we shouldn't mortgage the future for Donovan Mitchell, or we shouldn't go after one of these guys or continue to build, you know, toward a better team. It's like, we see a lot, like we saw Jimmy Butler almost win a championship for the heat against a superstar. And it's what, it's the type of thing where you can still get pretty far and be successful and have a chance at a championship without one of those guys is, I guess my comforting thought is that even if the Knicks don't have a path, as we were saying before to a clear path, I should say to getting one of those top seven or eight guys, there's a path for them to get one of those top 15. And I was about you can to say, still, you could still be a pretty good team with, if the things break right in the playoffs, a chance to win a
2: title. You so know? right now, today, the teams that are alive, in order, Miami Heat mm-hmm. have a a top fifteen guy in Jimmy Butler, and a top
3: mm. thinking about Bam, top twenty five guy, top twenty five, yeah, top thirty at
2: least. If you want to say he's like, I was going to go the other way. I was going to, I was thinking about top twenty. Let's settle, let's split I, the difference. Yeah, twenty five, top twenty five. Tw- Celtics have uh, a top ten guy in Tatum and a top. 20 to 25 guy in Brown. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Bucks have a top, I don't know, one or two guy uh, in Giannis. And then Middleton and Drew are both top 30 guys. Maybe, maybe push Middleton down a little bit. Maybe, maybe Middleton's more like top 35, right? Around there. I actually think okay. I'd have Middleton ahead of Drew, but it's not like it's like 28, 29 for me. Okay. So yeah. they're both around that range. Yeah. Um, Embiid has one of those eight. Seven or eight guys plus Harden, which I don't, I don't know what the hell you do with him. And then, um, you know, he's on the come up. He's top fifty for sure. I think top fifty, mm-hmm. top sixty, something like that. Okay, so that's the East Western Conference. Chris Paul, Devin Booker, two two top fifteen guys. Yes, absolutely. And and as uh, I think Benji mentioned on on the playback last night, uh, they I think pretty solidly the best roster in the league like just top just, to bottom. just
3: go down the line and like Cam we mentioned Cam Johnson but campaign in a perfect role for him um Bismack Biombo and Javel McGee in the perfect roles for them um yeah everybody's like, perfectly yes yeah, situated so Bridges perfectly complement all the things that Chris Paul and Devin Booker need them to do so that way they don't have to they, they could focus more on offense and certain roles on defense as well
2: yes uh similar uh situation in Memphis Ja. Mm-hmm top 15 guy. And I don't think they have another guy top 30, to be honest, not <laughs> top, top 30. 30. Jaron Jackson well, Jr. gets there, but so J- Jackson's defense gets him in the top 50 conversation. I think Baines in the top 50 conversation mm-hmm. right now. Um, Brooks is a, I mean, he's a scorer, you know, but I don't know where you put him, but whatever. That's a, that's a team. That's like, again, perfectly put together. They make sense together. Uh, Luca, another one of those top eight guys, and then their second best player is Jalen Brunson, yeah, or, uh, or Dinwiddie, Dinwiddie, yeah, yeah. Who, who the Who the Washington Wizards took on Kristaps Porzingis to get rid of?
3: It's probably whatever version of Brunson we saw in the first round, and the hopefully not version we see in this round right now.
2: Um, um <laughs> if you're if you're if you're thinking the Knicks are going to sign him, yeah, yeah, that's that was hopefully thoughts. Yeah, um, and, and then uh, and then who's the remaining? Oh, uh, the Warriors, mm-hmm. Uh Steph. You know, probably bottom half of that bottom bit of that top eight group, but definitely somewhere in there. And then Clay right now is a top thirty-five, forty guy. I don't know.
3: Pool. Same with Draymond. same with Draymond, like that. There's another Suns example of like roster construction being perfect and system being perfect
2: you know great so half of the teams that are remaining actually have a superstar like our unequivocal superstar Luka Embiid Giannis uh, Steph and the rest of the teams are more like have one guy at least one guy in the top 15 I think actually no the rest of the teams have no most of the rest of the teams have two guys in that top 15 and then but solidly built throughout Mm -hmm. so yes there are different ways to do it you still need the top 15 guy. And if you don't have one of the top eight guys, you need to probably, probably two top 15 guys.
3: All of this was to say though, and I think this eventually when Jeremy gets to a cap or no cap will be his point in advocating for signing Brunson. Like if, because you trade Brunson or because you have Brunson, he can be the trade ship you use toward getting a top 15 guy. Now it might be multiple steps away but like this way you can keep RJ and hope he develops into a top 25, 30 guy. You can keep other of your assets. And I mean, look, just to bring this full circle, this is why it makes it so frustrating what happened to Julius this year, because I think a lot of us had the illusions that he had made his way into the top 25 conversation 25 30 yes yes Dude, i mean don't make me pull up some of the charts no. we used for patreon of where we had him like there was top 22 conversations for julius Randle, and last Andrew. year by by the nba
2: voting he finished top four and forwards so like i wrote there... go ahead a thoughtful a very I researched the hell out of it and I made what I felt was a valid argument, a valid argument for why he could have gotten as high as the guy fourth in MVP. Fourth. Yeah.
3: If it's and it. that's, that's why it's so frustrating is that going into last off season, it was, well, how do we get Julius another one of those guys, which is why the RJ debates of, you don't trade him for this guy. You don't trade him for that guy. When the thought of like, well, we already have a top 25 guy. Now we got to go get a top 15 guy. And let's see what this coach can turn that into. And when Julius turned into a top 60 guy, Mm. now we have so many other questions, which is what makes this offseason so fascinating is does the front office think that top 25 guy is still there or holy shit, we just gave a top 60 guy a four year extension. Now what do we do? And that's, I think, well, my biggest fear, concern, thought about what this front office is
2: planning to do this offseason. It's not that they gave a top 60 guy a four-year extension that pays him like a top 50 guy, because who gives a shit? It's like mm-hmm. you're quibbling or you're, you're picking nits there. It's the fact that they gave a, again, I'm using your generous generous designation of if top you 60 go top
3: 80 top 120 I'm, john like i'm saying here's yeah. my
2: point yeah maybe based on the fact that he's a big guy who doesn't seem to want to go to the rim and doesn't protect the rim and can't hit a jump shot maybe he's not a top anything guy mm. maybe he's a guy that other teams around the league and again we've gone over this with episodes i've done with jeremy uh, what other teams see him as maybe I'm overstating it and maybe this is too much, but I am just, I will refuse to get off the hill of, I think there are teams that look at him and be like, yeah, I don't care what the fuck his contract is. He's not coming anywhere near our team. And that's, that's the bigger issue that did they give an X rated ranked guy this mm. much? It's, it's who it is specific to him. Yeah. Yeah. You know?
3: And it's the fear that it's the fear I have. that. Nothing's gonna get done. Or listen, we don't want to go down this road, but the opposite's gonna get done. That the the way we looked at cap or no cap going into this with asset consolidation, the other way to consolidate your assets is to take all the young assets and turn them into That's... something. And no one wants to go down that road. That they may consider that, but Leon Rose could send out all the the season ticket holders letters to be like (laughs) look at all our young guys and then once he's got you locked in that we're trading for whoever yeah but here's
2: here's what leon rose knows Mm -hmm. right leon rose knows i'm just i'll throw out the most likely name in my view at least donovan mitchell he knows if he trades for donovan mitchell donovan mitchell is here in a nick uniform and they're winning basketball games yeah no one's gonna give a shit are you sure about that okay a subset of Nick's Twitter will <laughs> give many shits yes. and they will be very vocal. And you yes. know how much Leon Rose is going to care about if they're those winning. Folks? Yeah. And the building sold out. He won't care. He yeah. will not give one ounce of a mouse
3: fart and about what those people have to say. This is where I come back to my mellow defending days where they were winning 54 games and beating the heat three out of four times and beating the Spurs twice. And then those two teams meeting in the finals and everybody wondering what did the Knicks accomplish this year? It's like, well, they contended for a title. something they haven't done since the nineties. That is yeah. a legitimate thing that happened this year. Um, and all the people that opined for like, but well, I miss Gallinari and that 2010 half a season was special when we won 20 games and lost 18, you know, and When you have a chance to elevate to the level of we have a top fifteen guy, and maybe Julius turns into a top thirty guy again, I I don't wonder if that's what they're thinking, and is is that the path
2: that they're going to go? I'm, I'm, I don't think they are thinking that specifically about it. I think, if again, if I had to guess, if I had to guess, they're just as if we could get one of the top fifteen. You mm-hmm. could get one of those, and we're throwing around fifteen. We'll make it sixteen. We'll make it fourteen. Whatever, whatever your list is, and like, I actually think sixteen might be the right number because as remember we were going through our all NBA teams, and we were like, "Man, there's fifteen spots for sixteen guys." Yeah, and like one of at the time we were going back and forth about Donovan Mitchell and Trey Young.
3: Yeah, like, yeah, and I I don't. It's an unnecessary correction, but we had technically said seventeen because we didn't know if Gobert. Versus cat was a thing, but it was like either one being on the outside looking in. They're sixteen or 17. 16
2: you know? or seventeen. I forget if Butler where but I think Butler was in for. Butler was for on that. our.
3: It was also Butler or Siakam was on our third team. That's yeah. right. And because what, I was, I was very because I was. LeBron can go fuck himself with his fifty-six <laughs>
2: games and missing the playoffs. Yes, and with all the respect, to, you were right one on that on the mm-hmm. Siakam thing. I was wrong to not have him in the discussion. Two, he ain't in this class the oh, class no. the no. class is what the siaka may be the first the the, the glass ceiling of pascal siaka we can't break through mm-hmm. um anyway whatever your number is it's we you, like once you have one of those guys as long as you didn't mortgage everything to get one of those guys and that was the kind of the issue with mellow is like they didn't, they didn't literally mortgage everything but they 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 gave a lot and they didn't have a whole lot left and what little they did have left. They traded for Andre Bargnani. Bad job by you. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as you don't mortgage everything and you still have enough left in the cupboard to go get another thing, then, then all of a sudden you get in the conversation with all of these teams that we're talking about where, okay, we don't have a top eight guy, but we have whatever it is. Two in the top 15 or three in the top 50, one of which is in the top 50. Like you can get in that conversation. Now, historically, and the last thing that we'll finish up, it is impossible, impossible to get into this conversation of we have built a contender with this as the path without having at least one guy that you've drafted that is in your top three. It does mm-hmm. not happen. So, I think that is where maybe for anybody looking for a silver lining to this conversation, who wants to keep the kids and want to do it like with the homegrown. I don't think RJ is going anywhere. I really don't. I don't think he's going anywhere because I don't, first of all, I I just don't think he has the value around the league right now that maybe Knicks fans attributed to him. Like I I, truth be told, if if like if you could get Donovan Mitchell tomorrow and all you had to give up was RJ Barrett. I think RJ Barrett would be on a plane to Utah. Yeah. When what whatever when the when the, that trade could legally happen? Actually, it could happen right now because Utah's been eliminated. Um, the money wouldn't work, neither here nor there. But that's that Utah's not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, partially, it is for that reason, but also, you know, I think RJ, I think they see RJ as like a, a part of like, yeah, when we get our core together, I think it makes sense for him to be to be in it.
3: And it's where again, the Jalen Brunson signing then allows you to keep RJ because Jalen Brunson would be headlining said trade potentially and the salary would make more sense. And it's why like the we just need to play the kids movement, I respect and I appreciate I just, I think there's a world you can do both and still get better next year. And I wonder what Leon Rose is thinking. If like what if we did just like have a team that won 35 games, but Obi Toppin and Emmanuel quickly start 75 of them and the, the fan base loves it when we like lose close to 50 games, but they're young and exciting, you know? Like the,
2: we, this is a conversation to have a, a different time, but just very briefly wins. And we've had this conversation before, before other seasons mm-hmm. wins, should not matter next season, the perception of the franchise around the league and amongst those people who may want to come to this team matters very much, but the specific amount of wins, and yes, there's absolutely a world where it would be better for them mm. to win fewer games. I don't think anyone would quibble about
3: that. um do they have the right coach if wins should not matter next year, John <laughs> that's a That's a legit question
2: right there. Again, and I've said this before. Uh-huh. It's not a healthy situation to have a coach who you feel like you need to take, tie his hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So as to get where you want to go mm-hmm. as a franchise,
3: you literally have to put the ingredients in front of him to make the meal you want,
2: rather than hey, go make me this and like and lock the fucking cabinets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. As someone who has three child safety locks in his kitchen uh, right now. Um, No, but if you're asking me, who's the, do I think Tom Thibodeau is as good a coach as there is for young players? Yeah, I still do. And I think the proof is in the pudding this year. It's the decision-making as to whether he plays those guys enough for people for for your druthers, but in terms of instilling habits and like, showing the attention and putting those guys in being in positions to be successful. Like all oh, that stuff is like, I, I, if you well, don't agree my, with that, I don't know what you're watching. Well, no, it's not my question.
3: It's yeah. if no, next I know. season it, wins don't matter is Tibbs the right coach with the team. Like it, if, if they should be, fo- if should they, they should be prior prioritizing OB and quickly playing through their mistakes, like listen, learning on the, the job.
2: Of- but that's the thing. It's like, what are we even talking about here? They've played through their mistakes. They're at the point where they're already arguably better than the veterans that are, but, that were that, that got more minutes than, than this year. But
3: we're talking about two guys that through the bulk of the season, weren't I know. playing through I their know. mistakes at the I end know. of the season, those five games were nobody gave a fuck. I know it's like, a new day. And this is where, if you believe the, uh, water carrier in chief, um, from the New York Post that he actually is remorseful about not playing the kids sooner. Then maybe next what, what listen if Tibbs comes out with the full roster next year and like quickly plays 30 minutes of coming off the bench and OB plays 10 minutes next to Randall and 20 minutes elsewhere. Then yeah okay we saw improvement and in year three they're ready to take more responsibility. I'm I'm, on board with this plot with this process.
2: And we have gone round and round and round and we end at the place that we started, which is where's Julia. So many of these issues would be solved if you moved on from one guy. And it's Um, why
3: my biggest question to go back to the beginning, yes, is do they move on from him? I genuinely don't know. And I I they're playing with fire if they don't look. I've I think I've come off as much more sympathetic to Julius
2: across the board this you, season. You can be sympathetic all you want. It shouldn't necessarily impact your thinking on this.
3: Oh no, no, no. I they should move on from him. It's just like the vitriol of like fuck that guy that I pushed back on cuz I don't think it's like You're saying that. F those gee, guys. Who would, who would say that, John? Who who would dare? Um literally <laughs> quite literally, John. <laughs> um it's more of like I saw how much he apparently from the outside looking in literally to like your social media branding of like how much he brought, he bought into this and like why I started following sports in the first place again, because of the teams I root for had very little to do with how much they won, you know? And so I fell in love with the, the Mike Piazza's and the David Wright's and the Patrick Ewing's and the Alan Houston's and like a lot of these guys that you got to know for other reasons than winning and Julius Randle for one season. it's like, Oh, look at him. He's like bringing his kids to all these games. And you know, when Kendra announced her pregnancy, we all jumped on board and was like, Oh, the another child into the Knicks world. Like, congratulations. And by like, new year's eve it was like i'm glad he got covid and all of that flipped and it's why i am empathizing from his perspective it was like damn 25 games of a new roster that i've been trying to make work and it's like this guy that's shooting 20 percent from three is who you guys want to see what did i do wrong after like playing through a season in a bubble for you guys and i it's why i'm empathetic to his situation having said that Like the numbers don't lie, the effort we saw in the second half of the season doesn't lie, and the best thing for this team—and I—I don't know how anybody disagrees with it—is for Julius Randle to play on a different team going forward. I don't know if Leon Rose officially believes that just yet, which is my biggest concern. Well, we're
2: gonna find out soon enough. We'll we'll (laughs) see. (laughs) We're gonna. What's today? Today is may 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 fit. Cinco Cinco de de Mayo. Mayo. You
3: asked that at the beginning of the Cinco show. De Mayo.
2: Uh we'll we'll fight two months from now if we'll we'll know the answer. Yes. Yeah. All right. I hope. I hope. <laughs> See, this is why we this is why we need to record podcasts occasionally together in which we talk about the basketball team that we cover. Uh, Count me in. Absolutely. Hopefully something
3: changes so that way it's hopefully it's not under the circumstances either that someone's microphone didn't work and (laughs) that we have to just jump on. All
2: right. You got to go enjoy Dr. Strange, which I will be also doing shortly. Um, We got to make one programming note, by the way. Yes.
3: What? So everybody has come to expect that this pod comes out every Monday morning slash Sunday night we record. And then Monday morning it comes out. Well, two things happen next week sunday is mother's day and because sunday is mother's day john is uh whining and dining the mothers in his life and jeremy (laughs) is also going to be celebrating the mothers in his life i've now got to get used to the idea of in-laws and so um welcome to that world some mothers in my life need to be uh honored so we're taking mother's day off um And then recording Monday night, which will replace our normal Wednesday morning pod because we're not recording on Tuesday,
2: which is for the reasons mat- that we do not need to get into. We because are not recording somebody in our
3: lives that you all know and hopefully still love. Uh, is having uh, a birthday, and I, I'll let you guys figure out who that is.
2: I, I don't Tuesday. even. I don't even know if the people I'll be with on Tuesday love me. But love we'll...
3: <laughs> Regardless, uh, because John's birthday is on Tuesday, we will not be recording Tuesday, but instead of releasing our normal cap or no cap Monday night for Tuesday morning. So on that YouTube video, you can wish John a happy birthday, and then oh. hopefully embarrass him all day on Twitter, which you probably won't see on Tuesday. No, I'll 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 dip in. Oh, um so, so when it's about you
2: though, you'll, you'll dip. In. <laughs> oh <God>. I hate <laughs> you so much. You're the worst. You're just the worst person. <laughs> you and Julius Reno go on the same yes. fucking boat to Italy. Have fun. There we go. Yes, well right. uh, boat over Italy. in
3: over in Italy. Exactly. <laughs> I was about to say it'll be a long boat. <laughs> well long boat right from me all the way up from the Hudson, you know, but I'll start now. Maybe I'll get there by Tuesday.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um Thank you, Andrew. This was fun. Thank yeah. you, everybody else, for uh, not minding, you know, just a couple of couple of guys talking Nick's basketball and uh, thanks for checking out the show. Uh, we'll be back with you with more fun and games very soon. Peace out.